Welcome to another edition of DJ and Yak Soccer Talk. All things RSL. Yak, a 3-0 win. I know on Talking Sports uh-huh. that, and, and everyone knows, I mean, it's not just me. Everyone okay. in the station knows. When the locals win, the Rate, ratings go up. Ratings spike. I thought our show after game uh, two in Houston okay. was, uh, excuse me, after game one in Houston was rock solid. That was a really good show. You're speaking of Sunday Jazz, game right? one Jazz, okay. right? Uh, and, but the Jazz got blown out. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they got drilled, thirty two points. Yeah, <laughs> and we knew no one was going to watch it. And you could see the people who were there. We lost no one, which is a sign of a good show because people get tired. They got to get up. They yeah. go to bed, and we lost no one. So the people who tuned in liked what they saw. But there are people who are like. Yeah, that was terrible. I'm going to bed. I'm done. <laughs> so I'm interested with podcasts as we check the numbers that okay. the same thing happens. Like, well, I'm not listening to the podcast this week because RSL got drilled. I don't. It depresses me. I don't want to deal with it. Whereas they went on the road and they won 3-0. What do the guys have to say about that? You know, <laughs> is it true, the same thing? True story. I was at church on Sunday and this is a... Of course you were, Yach. Okay. <laughs> let me let me explain. But I was yeah. at church. I was talking with a guy and his exact words to me were, when my teams lose, and he's a jazz fan, he's kind of local teams, he has yeah. all local teams. When my teams lose, I don't want to hear about it from anybody else. Yeah. When they win, I want to hear everything exactly. there is about it. Exactly. There was a year a few years ago, the college football season. It was a bad year. Nobody was any good. It was one of the years he used for five and seven and didn't go to a bowl. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so we had terrible ratings through November. And yeah. the BYU-Utah games moved out in November. We don't have yeah. that anymore, which was always a guaranteed winner, oh, regardless yeah. of how the teams were doing. And then they all finished the year on Thanksgiving weekend, and ratings were over, and everybody won their final game. They just won at Colorado. Okay. Everybody else beat whoever they play. We got enormous ratings. I mean, it, it's the same host. Mm-hmm. It's the same producers. Mm-hmm. It's the same set. It's the same promotion. It's everything. <laughs> the only thing that changed was the winning. And so, to your point, as we we like to get in here and both come in with about three points we want to talk yeah. about. Try to get you in and out like 15 or 20 minutes because yeah. the average commute is 22 minutes, right? So you can listen to it. You're on a tracks train. You're in your car. Wherever whatever. you're going, yeah. Right. Not in the morning, because you're listening to DJ and PK in the morning, but on your way home, I mean, the big show, please. (laughs) (laughs) You can listen on your your lunch break, too, if you want. Yeah, sure, whenever. All right, so your three points, go. First one, ready? First thing, that performance, a 3-0 drubbing, a Cincinnati team who had actually a pretty decent start for an expansion side. You go to their home pitch, and you walk out 3-0 winners, is this the performance that RSL fans should be expecting, or is this the exception to the rule? Well, first off, I think they just embraced it because there haven't been that many of these. I mean, last year was was rough on the road. Mm -hmm. There were so many blowout losses, which Mike Pecky says is partly because he didn't want to play like it was on the road. He just wanted to go for it, and they, they got opened up for it a few times. They did, yes. 3-1 at Toronto, 4-1 at Philly, 3-0 at the Galaxy, 4-0 at yeah. Yankee Stadium. Should I keep going? Three you can keep going, at, yeah. 3-0 at Portland, 3-2 <laughs> at Minnesota, 3-1 at Orlando. And yes. they're playing differently. Yes. And they're defending more. Now, I don't think it's just that. I think he's kind of being a good guy and taking a hit. Yeah, well, it's partly on me because of my strategy, which is, is fair. Okay. But he spent camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Emphasizing defense. I just think it's paying off. I think that, you know, statistically, okay, it's not the best win because they won 6-0 at Colorado last year. But Colorado got an early red card. Yeah. It was – RSL already had a goal. Maybe they already had two. Um, but it snowballed. But it snowballed, and, yeah, it was well, it was look, a beating. Oh, but I just think yeah. because it was a team that was off to a decent start, okay. 
but it is an expansion team. They're missing Fernando Adi. They're missing a couple of the guys yeah. who are was hurt. Expansion teams don't usually have any depth. Um, That's a good point because they're usually relying on USL players from their previous incarnation as an USL club who are their backups. You're right there, but I just felt like that performance was kind of that performance that RSL fans have been waiting for. It felt complete. There's no doubt about it. But now, can they recreate that? And is that sh- like that's that goes back to my well, question: Is should this be the expectation for RSL fans, or is this a a one time exception? I think that in Major League Soccer, if you have three or four road wins. Um, you're scrambling. Okay. And RSL last year was in that category. And yes. They're scrambling. They made it over the line and got into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And ironically, won on the road in the playoffs. They did. Uh, but I think if you look, if you want to go back to the Christ era, when fan, you know, people refer to it as the good old days, because it was always 15 wins and it was always 50, yeah. 50 points. You could just pencil that in. Yeah, and they down. didn't sweat it out at the end. You know, last two years, I've been sweating. One yes. time they made it over the line, one time they didn't. It's literally a goal or two well-timed over the course of the season puts you in or knocks you out. Yeah. And so in the Chrysler, they were over the line and in. And I think when you look at that, you need five or six road wins. Okay. And so they don't have to be 3-0. You just have to go get them. Last year, you know, they ground out a 1-0 win in Seattle. This yes. year they didn't. Now that Seattle team had international call-ups and injuries and everything. It was a little easier. So you don't have to have as comprehensive a win. I mean, that... There was no drama in the last 30 minutes. No. That was over. They got the third goal. Yeah. Stick a fork in them. It was done. Yeah, well, you can even see it just the way Cincinnati's players started moving in that final half hour. Yeah. It was, they they're, like, they're playing out the string at that yeah. point. They're like, we're going to regroup and get ready for next week. So I, I think it was as comprehensive as anything since Colorado, but that involved a red card and a team that was really bad and really struggling themselves. Yes. Um, and literally, when you got two goals in Colorado, you knew you had them because they could. They they might score a goal, but they weren't scoring two. That was just that whole team. So f- I think this Cincinnati team is better than that Colorado okay. team. At least at this point, injuries may pull them apart. Yes. You know, I don't know that they have the depth to handle it. But at this point, so I'll go with that. All right, point two. Point two. Well, you want DPs to score goals, and which two guys showed up? Your two attacking DPs. Speaking of Albert Rusnak, who had the brace, and then Sam Johnson scores his second goal in as many matches. You want to see these guys you're paying the most money to show up in the biggest moments. Both of them did for the most part in that match. So the goals I didn't think were particularly pretty. I thought the buildup to the Sam Johnson goal was, and then the ball was just pinging around. (laughs) I don't think I've seen anything like that in quite a while, actually. (laughs) The ball is pinging around. It's like ding, ding, Uh, ding. Tyrone Marshall, one of the assistant coaches, stopped me after training. He goes, man, you got into that. I I thought you were going to score like five different times. Exactly. (laughs) You thought it was a good Well, I thought Albert was. I thought Albert was going to pull the trigger, and he took one extra touch and played it back to Demir. Yeah. and then all of a sudden it's just shots and mm-hmm. you know, the keeper makes a save and the defender blocks the ball off the line. And finally, Sam, <laughs> although I have to say, Sam, that really confused me because, and maybe they were just all gassed after that sequence, Something. but nobody celebrated. Yeah. And I, you know, we're not at the game, the road games now, so I didn't know if the flag was up or if a whistle had blown and I hadn't heard it. Was there? Yeah, you did I somehow that. miss a handball? Who could have been offside in yeah. that sequence? You know, and I don't want to be screaming, "Go, go, 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 go!" Oh, wait a minute, no, not really. Hold on, guys. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like I mean, ah, you got right yeah. to the brink, and then I pulled back. No, it, anyway. but you want to see these guys score goals. Albert, he's being paid over $2 million, the richest contract in franchise history. Uh, Sam Johnson came on in a pretty hefty price tag in his own right. It's good to see them scoring goals. Yes, absolutely. 
I think the goals come in two categories. They had mixed. I think they were about to get a pretty goal, and the penalty happened. Yes, that was um, that was shaping up for it. That was shaping a good buildup, and there was a good buildup early on you're, to the Sam Johnson goal. Yeah, well, I thought you were talking about the one early in the match. They built up that right side, and they had an opportunity there. They had a yeah, couple they of build, did. They had, they a, had a couple of build-ups, build-ups, but they didn't score. Yeah, but you know the I kind of in a way I just kind of like the gritty, ugly goal. Okay. Yeah. I liked the you know like the Corey Baird that you know they have the ball they lose it but you don't drop your head. Yeah. You stay because with it. The thing about it and and we hear this from PK when we we're doing the morning show. You, you watch sports for competition. Yes. So I love high pressure soccer because you compete for everything. Yeah. There's no okay they're gonna ping it around they're like it's on. Yeah, we're and going. it's always on. And if you turn your head, if you'd rather be looking at your phone, you're going to miss something. And Corey blocks a clearance, mm-hmm. chases the ball down, wicked shot from a difficult angle. He was never really going to score yeah. on, but he hit it so hard. And sure enough, they get the perfect rebound. Right, yeah. it's parried right back and just tee it up for Albert, and he yeah. knocks that thing in. Albert will clean that up anytime you give him that opportunity. And, and I kind of like that when you go and grind and get a goal out and make something out of nothing. Well, um, almost, and I asked Corey about yeah, that, and he okay. goes. Well, I mean, everybody wants the pretty highlight goal that gets a million YouTube views. I mean, everybody wants that. Yeah. He says, but in the moment, it doesn't really matter. The ball goes in the back of the net. It's just, you know. But yeah, the, the credit goes to the goals for Sam Johnson and also Albert Rusnak. But you have to give credit to Jefferson Savarino. You have to give credit to, to Corey yeah. Baird because they're creating these chances. They're ultimately ending up in goals. Like you said, the ball's in the back of the net. Everybody's happy when that happens. All right, your third point? Third point, the back line's been pretty steady at least the last two matches. That coincides with Justin Glad return to the lineup. I said it last week on the podcast. I really feel like he's a stabilizing force for RSL along that back line. And I think his partnership with Natum Onuoha is paying off, at least to this point. It's going to be a big-time test this coming Sunday when they face off against Zlatan, but I think it's been a good back-to-back 90 for both Justin Glad and Natum. Yeah, it's tough. He got benched in the last season. He got hurt at the start yes. of this season, and I don't know. It wasn't clear to me, but I will say probably he wasn't going to start, that he was going to be on the bench okay. despite the injury. And I can't yeah, prove that still, and know it yeah. for sure. Yes. As much as coaches are secretive about but I think most nobody's of us, yeah. more secretive than soccer coaches because there are no timeouts. Yeah. So it's so hard to adjust. <laughs> so you really want that element of surprise because it yeah. pays off more. Yes. You know, in football, you go over to the sideline and you look at the iPad and you figure it out after a series. Exactly. So you want the element of surprise. Yeah. But it's not. This is where you can get the upper hand for 45 minutes and absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You destroy it. Use that. Yes. Right. So I, I don't. They, I mean, they never told me, but okay. I, I had the feeling he was going to be the third guy. Okay. And so I think yeah, I agree with your point to a, to a point that he has, you know, they, they played well. They've gotten good results with him on the field. But the consistency they need out of him, which I think was the main gripe, but they had no other options. Now they have other options. That is a good point, yes. It's going to take time to show, not that you can make the right decision and make a big play, because they know about that about him. Yes. Um, but that you can do it 100 times in a row, mm-hmm. and you can do it 499 times out of 500, and just demand this high level of consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just have 70 good minutes and then turn off on a throw-in for two minutes and get beat. You know, just, exactly, yeah. You can't. I, I think the bigger point, rather than spotting Justin individually, okay. is that that January and February camp time they had going to Hawaii, going to Arizona, going to California, it's paying off. We were told that it focused overwhelmingly on defense. We're seeing the results. Back to what your your first point about the best showing. Last year they went on the road and routinely 
gave up three and four goals. I see two twice they gave up four, and I see at least five other times they gave up three goals. And you're not going to win many road matches doing that. And I think, and you know, their defensive numbers don't look good now. But I've said it on TV, I've said it here on the podcast, and I'll just keep saying it. It has to do with the red cards. It does. Take out those three games where they took four red cards, and it's very different. Now they did give up two at DC before they took yes. the first of their two red cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they got to own those two, but that's the only time that they've given up the crooked number <laughs> with, with 11 guys on the field. Yeah. They have defended really well, and they've tweaked it then. You know, Aaron Herrera gave up two of those goals with his soft turnovers, but one was after the red card, and I think one was before. Um, but you're asking a right-footed player, and Albert Rusnak uh, and Mike Pecky talked about this at training this week, and Albert was asked, how different is it when you're – Back four are not four right-footed players. Have a left-footed player said, out there. It's huge. Yeah, he, and, and he's an attacker. He knows. Yeah. That's the first thing you look for. If you can find a back four with four right-footed players, you're going to try to force that ball into somebody's left foot, one of those two those, those two poor slobs who are over on the left and side. And hope that they screw up. And, yeah. and again, back to the consistency thing. You know, in his defense... Aaron had the ball in his left foot several times he in that did. game. Only yes. two of them went wrong. And, you know, D.C. didn't spray one of the shots up into the 12th row. They put him on frame. They put yeah. him in the net. They made him pay. Yeah. You know, so, but it's about making, and you could just hear it in Albert. He was talking. It's like, yes, yeah, as I see that, we, you try to make a guy do it three times, and you try to make him do it four, then you try to make it five, and eventually you pick one off. Yeah. And, and away you go. Donnie Toy is now playing at left back as a mm-hmm. left-footed player. Aaron Herrera, right back, right-footed player. I think it's... I th- I think you're right. I, maybe I, focusing on Justin Glad's not necessarily the should be the focal point. But it's look important. That, look at that four but though. All. But look at that four together. And then ask Corey Baird about it, and he said the reason we're good on defense and the reason that camp helped is that everybody knows the expectation. Okay. Everybody knows the job. Yeah. Everybody knows their role, and there's a certainty that comes with that. And getting a lot of reps at it because Pecky invested so much time in it, mm-hmm. and, and it pays off. And a couple of guys were talking about how the defending starting... Oh, it was Justin. Justin was saying, the defending starting up the field. And, and Albert pointed yeah. out, you know, I mean, they didn't have Nick in goal. He says, but it, it didn't really come down to our goalkeeper. We didn't put our goalkeeper under it. There were a couple... He had to deal with some corners. Yes. And he had to come out and punch some of those away. <laughs> um, and they did hit the frame once. But it's not a game where you had to make six saves, and exactly. three or four of them were pretty difficult. Yeah, you're defending further up the field, and Justin was like, yeah, "It wasn't even so much on us." You know, a lot of the defending was a lot of stuff was getting broken up before it ever got to the back four. And he said, even when it got to us, he said it came through predictable patterns. Well, we weren't getting surprised. Yeah, because of the pressure they put on the ball, we knew how they were going to get to us. And we could deal with it and be prepared. There you uh, go. That was interesting. So I, I think that team defense, we'll see, you know, we, we've seen plenty of MLS teams and you're in great form for six, eight, ten matches. And then all of a sudden it's like you've never defended in your life. Or it can happen to the other end of the field. You can't finish any opportunity. Um, I was really intrigued putting Demir on the field. What is the best 11? They're still tinkering, finding that out. RSL has a lot of good 11s. Yes, they do. And we're going to get to the summer where they're just going to have to play good 11s because between Open Cup and I think they're going to advance an Open Cup because they've got the depth to do it. Yeah. But then you add When that they start with, to play their second yes. 11, there's still going to be a lot of good players on the field. Um, and then you throw in the midweek games. The three matches. But when you get to the last third of the season, okay, and that we got to count for a summer window and teams will change themselves, What are, what is the absolute best 11? And this is almost... Uh, heresy to say <laughs> okay but 
is Kyle, are they, do they have their best 11 with Kyle out there? The answer forever has been yes, but I'm seeing the level Everton's playing at, and then I saw what the team looked at, and it's one game, and it's a freakishly small sample size, with Demir and Albert both playing in the midfield so that they can get Corey Baird on the field yep. and his ability to run forever and know full well he's coming out of the 60-minute mark for both. Yeah, just run. You know? yeah. But he creates a goal mm-hmm. because he knows that. Yeah. Yeah, Go. you, you let him just and run, that, yeah. And, and so if Everton's there and Demir and Albert are there and they have speed with Corey and with Sam, is it worth it to just trust one guy and basically play a 4-1-4-1? Okay. And, put, and throw five you, guys you, forward. You brought this up on last week's podcast, and man, looking at that Cincinnati match and what Demir did, it screams to me. I, I would, based on that match alone, you'd be like, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah, but it's one, it's one game, it's one it, game, but it is a road game on turf. But my, my qualm with it is that Kyle has kind of been the heartbeat of this team for so long that taking him off of it for an extended period I guess you could say I think that his his leadership is something that you need on the field but I get what you're saying I get you because you look at how guys are playing right now it, there's an argument to be we're made good. we're almost through this first third of the season we, we got are, another yeah. month and we're, Everton's going to be out this week so yes. that's a moot point and they're saying two to six weeks so I don't know yeah. the longer it is the more even when he's healthy he's going to need time to get conditioned yes. and get back yep. so this first third of the season the midweek games the Open Cup and the midweek MLS games fall in the summer when school is out the weather's at its best it's when teams can sell the most tickets it's totally a business decision it doesn't happen until the end of May for RSL right yeah, school is out. Yep, and so end of May, but that June, July, and into August, mm-hmm. it's it gets really congested. Then it'll lighten up again in September a little bit. Correct. And so it's really when we get to that end of the season, the last four to six weeks, I think is the only time that decision is really going to be matter because until then they're going to need to play so many guys because they have so many games. You're not going to be able to settle in. Yeah, it's true. To the best 11. But I wonder where it's going there because these guys are playing at a pretty high level. And then the last thing is the schedule. This goes back to your point about the best showing in a while. I'm intrigued with the Galaxy game because at this point, RSL's road games have come against the best teams in the league, teams that just simply aren't going to lose very many home games. True. They have played with most of those teams. LAFC 2-1 late goal. Yes. 1-0 at Seattle. Oh, yeah. Sounders probably created, I don't know how you want to score, three or four legit chances. RSL created two, maybe three. And the Sounders finished one and RSL didn't. Yes. Are they going to get over the hump and beat the best on the road? I think this team's pretty good. I think it's underrated. They don't have stars. They don't have the history. Everybody's looking at Atlanta, and what a disaster. From first to worst, the MLS champs are last in the East, sitting on five points. And why in the world are they tied with the Red Bulls? So you've got these teams that are these huge storylines. The teams get put on national TV all the time. They're the glamour teams, and and they're off to these disastrous starts. And I think also people are looking, you know, LAFC looks like a machine. They do. Seattle looked really good until they ran into LAFC. DC United looked really good until they ran into LAFC. Um, RSL has played, when they, when they play this Galaxy match, they will have played four of the top five teams in the West on the road, yep. and they will have played the best in the East on the road in D.C. United. So they don't have a lot more chances of elite with elite teams. Can they do it on the road? Now, I'll have a chance to see it at home. I think Cincinnati right now is kind of middle third of the league. I got a lot of confidence in RSL playing the bottom third of the league and playing the middle third of the league. The way they're defending, yeah. just a little bit of goal scoring, and there could be a pretty good 
running results here. Well, the, the credit goes to RSL because you think about it. LAFC is top of the West right now, 22 points. You lost to them on a 92nd winner that was just a galazzo from Walker Zimmerman, of all people. I still can't get over that goal. Nobody can. Nobody can, but you're right. Seattle, you had their chances. Houston, you went on the road to start the season and drew 1-1 there. So, LA Galaxy, second in the West this Sunday. It's going to be tough because they're five wins in their home matches so far this season. They've got Zlatan, their high-powered team. But RSL traditionally has done quite well in recent years down there at, was it the StubHub Center now still? Or? Got beat there 2-0 last year. It's now Dignity Health Sports Park. Oh, it changed again. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dignity Health Sports Dig- Park. Dignity Health won in on the last year, the NFL being there. Right? Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But... Yeah, they did lose there last year, but they traditionally had some good performances there. But this is an LA Galaxy team that is very much they're looking really good right now. This looked like a tough stretch though. If they win it did. if they win this game, it's three in a row. If they draw, it's seven points out of nine, Sweet. which is still great. Yeah. And the next month, as much as everyone's been complaining about the schedule, home to Portland at Colorado. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like they're any good. Home to Toronto, home to Atlanta. So that's could be a good point binge right there. Out of 12, what do you think? At 9, 10, 12 out of 12? you got to be thinking that. Doing it's another thing. I yes, get it. But, but May but lines up with uh, no no midweek games until the end of May when they go to Montreal. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a Wednesday game. That's, that's where it starts. But it's a game a week, and it's three or four at home. Atlanta's going poorly. Portland's going poorly. Colorado's the one road game. They're going poorly. If you make a run here in the next month, DJ, all, all the headlines on MLS soccer and all these all these soccer websites are going to be, hey, look at Real Salt Lake making their push up the standings. They, I, I, I'm not convinced that's true. <laughs> the, Small market, no happens, recent history. When they had a five year run early earlier and the championship, did, it did take and some a penalty time. loss trying yes. to get a second. You know, both the both the finals went, both the MLS Cup finals went to penalties. But there are more eyeballs on this RSL team than ever before just because there's so many different outlets now and I think people understand what RSL brings to the table and I think what they did in the playoffs last year really opened some eyes so hopefully if they do make a run here they start garnering some of that attention it's not going to result in them getting additional nationally televised matches because you and I both know when you play in the smallest market in MLS it's a hard it's a hard sell for those TV people. That well, I think that's what uniting the supporters and doing a tradition exactly. and trying to get that. I think I don't know this, okay. but I think it's easy to figure that they've been told you know you're not getting a lot of national games, and a lot of pub because your stadium doesn't look as good on TV as other stadiums. Portland does TIFOs. Okay. Yes, L- LAFC they got all the flags they got, and yeah, they're that, standing yep. and the energy in LAFC. I think I haven't seen it in person. Portland looks great on TV. It does. When you're there, it's way better than that. Really? Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's spectacular. There is a story no one ever tells in Portland. I'm disappointed we didn't do it when we were there, but we didn't. It didn't work. But that so that the crazies that you see on TV there at the left yeah, end, right? That left end of the field, yeah. That the the army is there. Yeah, Timber's, Timber's army. army. And yeah. they're going nuts. And it looks great. And they're crazy and they are oh, loud. Yeah, absolutely. The stadium really holds the sound. And I think when they're done with this expansion they're doing, it's probably going to be even louder. I think it's going to hold even more sound. Okay. Not not only will it create more because it'll be more people, yes. but with the roof, there was a little chance there for some of the sound to get out. I think it's going to be held anymore. At the other end, there's a health club. Oh. There's, right. it's, and it's huge. It's like, I don't know how many stories, three or four stories. It's way up in the air. There's a little grandstand at that end that you see on I've TV. I've seen it, And yeah. a scoreboard. And above that, there is 
um, you got to think of it as like a massive set of sliding glass doors in this health club. And you can see in, right? And these people come out and it's cantilevered out. It's hung. It's almost like it's stapled to the outside of the building. There's this box with about six rows of people. Okay. And the club sells tickets. And there was some fight between the health club and the Timbers, the timbers yeah. over that and access. And I don't know if the health club's selling So this now is like the Chicago Cubs and Wrigley Field and those. Yes, that's okay. the best comparison. Okay. And it's just an, it's just an awesome environment in, okay. in, in Portland. And I think that that combined with the NFL stadiums full in Seattle and Atlanta. Yes. For RSL, they got to amp up the atmosphere so it at least matches Sporting Kansas City, which is pretty loud and rowdy, but isn't Portland loud and rowdy. Welcome to it's, the blue hell, exactly, they call it. exactly. Yeah. And so I think they're doing all these things to kind of, you know, well, if you can ramp get it, it up and, and make it look better on TV. I think, but if they want that, DJ, you make a run here, collect nine to twelve points after this match against LA, LA the LA Galaxy. You you start racking up points, you're gonna be more butts in seats, plain and simple. All right, DJ and Yak soccer talk, little RSL talk there. It's uh, Sunday night. Yes. The Galaxy. 6 o'clock Mountain Time. 5.30 for pregame coverage, please. 6 o'clock for the uh, first kick. All right, and we'll be back here on the podcast next week. Check us out. Thanks for joining us.